What's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of Raw and Uncut New York Sports Where we talk about the Mets, the Nets, and the Giants In today's episode, we're going to be recapping this terrible three-game series versus the Philadelphia Phillies Um, Look, I hate losing to Philadelphia sports Nothing worse in my eyes than losing to the Phillies, the Eagles, the 76ers They got one of the most passionate fan bases um, in sports. But for me, being a New York Mets fan, all I think about when we play the Phillies is uh, 2007, 2008. Uh, It's just filled with bad memories. We've had some good battles in the past. um, And the Phillies have just pretty much always found a way to torment me and I hate it with a passion losing to the Phillies I cannot stand it uh, we're 7 and 15 dating back to 2019 versus the Phillies this three game set we got swept that makes it five in a row that the Phillies have now beaten the Mets and this is exactly why uh, before this series started I thought that stealing game one from the Phillies was really important because for one we were gonna throw out DeGrom but then he got scratched right and so we throw out there Tyler Lockett all good the Phillies are throwing out there Spencer Howard their their rookie and um, you know as much talk as there is around that kid that's a game that we really should have won and it was a must-have game Number one, because the season, you know, we're getting into crunch time now. We're past one-third of the way through the season, so now the game's become more important. And then in this specific series against the Phillies, with the Phillies throwing out Nola and Zach Wheeler in games two and three, um, where it's a season where we've had a lot of trouble hitting, hitting off those two guys was going to be hard and it proved to be hard so um, you know game one was definitely a must have in my eyes Uh, and we you know we found a way to lose that game we were down we were up we were down again we couldn't ask for a more perfect throw from Michael Conforto I don't know what happened there on that throw well I know what happened on the throw the tag was the issue Wilson Ramos just continues to find a way to hurt the New York Mets. He's been doing it with his bat most of the season. And now he found a way to let us lose with his defense. Uh, Just a slow reaction to, to the tag on Quinn, I guess, was... I mean, I don't know what the fuck his excuse was, but... Wilson Ramos really has, um, you know, found a way to not be a big contributor. As big of a guy he is, he's a very small contributor this year, and it's pretty upsetting. We move on to game two. Steven Matz on the mound. Again, Aaron Nolo throwing for the Phillies. And I'll be honest with you, Steven Matz looked better through four innings only. He looked better, but he ran into trouble again in the fifth inning. I mean, the Steven Matz project has to be 
a project that the Mets are should be done with and you know everything a lot of the Mets decisions going forward hinges on ownership and general manager next year because we don't know who the owners are going to be and we don't know who the general manager is going to be but Steven Matz has proven that he can no, is he is just not a major league level pitcher the guy has about a 14.66 ERA in August he's got the second worst ERA in baseball right now he's given up the most home runs he's got the most earned runs allowed it's very difficult to watch this guy pitch um, his his pitches continue to be flat like there's no improvement from from start to start with Steven Matz and that's what really makes it upsetting that's what really makes it that's what really makes me say that's it that this Steven Matz project is done like there's nothing that he is doing to improve his his stock like there's not there's we haven't seen a start that maybe says oh okay that there's a Steven Matz that you know we we all wish we saw he just hasn't had it and there's other guys on the team in the system that we can call up and, and give a shot to so you know Steven Matz put him in the bullpen um, put him you know send him to Brooklyn I don't know man so you know that's pretty much there's not much you can say with with uh, Steven Matz it is what it is his starts have been terrible there's nothing to look forward to with that guy so that's that and obviously you know game three we throw Rick Porcello out there and Rick Porcello I'll say this about about Porcello his numbers may not look all that great um, and they're not if we expected him to be a 2016 Cy Young type of pitcher again then we were dead wrong I know I didn't there's just no way he was gonna put up those numbers he's 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 had decent stretches in his starts he really falls apart in innings one and one and three and after that he kind of settles down nicely so um, you know in, in on in Sunday on Sunday's game he fell apart in what like the fifth inning and you know he just he just leaves balls up in the zone and allows and allows a string of hits at times you know what I mean so he gets it together you know in kind of in the middle of the game but in the in the start of the of the games he really puts himself behind the eight ball and you know it'll allow a run or two and then obviously the bats being you know anemic uh, they don't get many hits and they don't score many we just fall behind and, and we just never make it out of that hole so he, Rick Porcello really needs to be like perfect almost not give up a run uh, for, for us to really have a chance um, but he hasn't been terrible like his August his three August starts haven't been uh, that awful he's given up a lot of hits but he's he hasn't walked any in August alone uh, so you know 
So the 10 million, it's not worth it to me right now with Porcello, but um, I think he's given us decent outings here as of late in terms of not walking batters and not giving up a lot of earned runs. Um, you know, that kind of switches me over to Luis Rojas. Um, he, you know, this is a pretty unfair season to really judge Luis Rojas. He's made some bonehead decisions. You can tell some decisions are, you know, uh, come with uh, the inexperience of Rojas. I think he can work out for the Mets next season. But... I would like to see, and, and, and this has been the case with the Mets in the past, is that I don't see much of the pitching coach, in this case Jeremy Hefner, or the, or the manager, in this case Rojas, going out to the mound and talking to the pitchers when they get into jams. For example, yesterday, Mets got into trouble. He walked the bases loaded. Nobody came out to talk to him. He gives up a bases loaded walk, and Hefner comes out to talk to him. Knowing how Mats has been pitching this season, <clears throat> knowing how this, obviously, Mats mental is all screwed up, wouldn't a good time to come out and talk to him be when, heck, even when he had runners on first and second, come out and talk to the guy. The catch is not enough. We need the manager out there or Hefner to talk to the guy. And then today, uh, today when Porcello gave up the tie and run, when the Phillies tied it at two, you know, they wanna come, Hefner wants to come out there and talk to, to Porcello. So, you know, and Porcello was pretty much cruising the whole game, right? Like, Porcello hasn't showed anything that Mets has shown all season. So, and not that I'm arguing against coming out talking to Porcello. That's fine. But I think the timing of it was just not executed well. So, that's, that's my beef there. Um, you know, Rojas also pinch hit Rosario for Jimenez today. I didn't see any value in doing that, especially late in the game when... We're trying to, you know, get some runners on base. Rosario's just not a guy that's cutting it right now. Rojas has, you know, I said it last week, Rojas has a tough de tough, tough, decision to make. And it's only going to get tougher now because now you got to play. We're at a point where Rojas has to evaluate the way this team is playing and play the best hitters right now, the best players. You're more productive players whoever is hitting at the time you have to hit them whoever's not making the errors those are the guys you gotta uh play on the field so rosario is one of those players that unfortunately he's not producing and and that's okay because we do have i can what i consider a, a deep roster you know a lot of interchangeable players so you know sit his ass out bring in Jimenez you got Guillermo who's fucking raking for us you got Dom Smith who is on an incredible streak hit four, uh, four uh, straight games with the home run he that guy leads the team 
in home runs, RBIs, doubles, and extra base hits. A guy that has not played as much as, let's say, Pete Alonso, who's struggling. I mean, Dom Smith, his last ten, uh, seven games, he's 10 for 28, batting 357, 419 on base percentage, four home runs, eight RBIs. That's what we need right now. We need guys that are going to produce. Cano came back, he needs to be in the lineup. Conforto every day in the lineup. When McNeil comes back, you play McNeil. Nimmo, his batting average ain't that high, but his on base is fucking great, and you need that at the top of the lineup. So we're at a point, or Luis Rojas is really at a point where there's no no time to waste, and you gotta play your best players, the players that are producing for you. So let's hope uh, we see a different. Mets team going into this Marlin series because it could be over pretty quick for us. We, we play the Marlins up next and then we got the Yankees after that for the weekend series. So things could get really ugly come after next Sunday. And you know, speaking of uh, Pete Alonso, I don't know what's wrong with Pete Alonso. You know, the follow-up to, to last season was going to be tough. Obviously, with a shortened season, you know, things change a little more. But he just hasn't, you know, he needs a little bit of time on the bench, I think. I mean, I, I don't know what, what he needs, really, to be honest with you. It's, it's to a point where I believe he's just not seeing the ball well enough. Like, I saw a stat. His off, like, the off-speed pitches that he's swinging and missing at in the zone in 2020 is 33.3%. In 2019, it was 19%, okay? So I know that uh, Keith Hernandez a couple, a few weeks ago mentioned, you know, uh, Alonzo's mechanics, like he's swinging down on the ball, which I, I believe it can be. I, he's just not seeing the ball. That's all it is. He's making contact. He's making contact. He's just not. He's just missing a lot of other times too. You know what I mean? Uh, like his whiff rate is so much higher on fastballs, breaking balls, and off-speed pitches than it, you know this season than it was in 2019. So he's getting pitches to hit in the zone. He's just just plain missing them. Uh, so. And his offense, his, uh, his glove work hasn't been terrible. It hasn't been great. But again, we're at a point of a season where we need guys that are going to hit, drive-in runs, and produce in the lineup every day. And Pete Alonso, unfortunately, falls into that, that bracket where he's really not producing. He's got a, you know... That's a tough batting average to look at. You know, when you look at Alonzo, you know, you want to, you like the kid because he, you know, of everything he says and, you know, he looks like a really good guy. But at the end of the day, man, we need some results. And at this point, we shouldn't care who you are, what your name is. We need to be playing the best players. So, and that kind of leads me into, you know, something else. Uh, you know, not to pick on 
Alonzo and uh, Rosario, but this Mets lineup just doesn't. It's number one. It's not built right. Okay, we have not built the right team because we have a bunch of besides our great team on base percentage. We have a horrible batting average with runners in scoring position and that's really been the story of the season it's funny because the bullpen was the issue the first you know two weeks of the season right where we couldn't fucking hold the lead and that got fixed and then our batting average with runners in scoring position hasn't been fixed through 23 games it has not been fixed so I don't know if we can fix that in 60 games. But here, here's what I wanted to say. The Mets, this is not a good lineup. The Mets batting against the top of the rotation pitchers. They cannot hit other teams one and two pitchers. Like the first game of the season, we couldn't score off Mike Soroka. We, he only, we only got four hits off him. Remember, uh, Cespedes didn't hit that home run off of Soroka, okay? And then the next game, the Braves throw out Max Freed, and we get two runs on two hits, okay? This lineup that was supposed to be really good does that the first two games, okay? Then we go to the next series versus the Red Sox. They have no aces. So we'll just skip them. Okay? Then we play the fucking Nationals. We play... and we, uh, we face Patrick Corbin. Okay? Three runs... Three runs against him the first time we see him. Okay? And that was a loss. The following game was Scherzer. We scored a run, one run, but he only pitched one inning, right? And then the bullpen, the crappy Nationals bullpen, we only score one run. Versus that Washington Nationals bullpen. Okay? So, so far we haven't had a good game against a 1-2 of other teams' rotation. The next series against the Marlins, we face a guy, Humberto Mejia. Okay? Who hasn't pitched a single game higher than single A. And he goes 2 and a third and struck out 6 Mets batters. I mean, he fucking owned us, okay? Other than that, we took the next two games versus the Marlins versus pitchers that I bet you Marlin fans couldn't even tell you what their names were. Are you seeing a trend here? The next series, we play the Washington Nationals again. We face Patrick Corbin for the second time. This is when the Nationals put up 16 runs on us. The Mets lineup got two runs and five hits off of him okay we went on to score two more runs after that next game Scherzer oh look six hits one run on Max Scherzer okay we didn't get to face Strasburg either time because he's been hurt or Lord knows we would have probably been no hit by Strasburg all right so you see the trend here and you know Back to this weekend, we, we, we faced Spencer Howard, we put up some runs, we put ourselves in position to win, uh, four runs, seven hits on the rookie, and then 
you know, combined against Snowler and Wheeler, we put up a total of four runs on both days, and we get swept out of fucking Philly. So there's a trend there. This lineup, if we can't, if we haven't figured it out through 23 games, then I really doubt that we'll figure it out in time. We may figure it out, but we won't figure it out in time. So, you know, I, I really, uh, I'm pretty disappointed with this Mets lineup. And, you know, I've come to the conclusion that it's just not fucking built right. So, you know, we'll see what the Mets do. Um, a little bit of tra- uh, trade deadline fear. I kind of fear what the Mets will do. I personally believe that they should stand pat. Do not make a move. If you make a move, it should be, you know, not a, you know, it should be to replenish uh, the farm system a little bit. But I fear, my trade deadline fear is that, you know, I don't know what Brody and the Wilpons are thinking. And I'm scared that they will uh, try to make a move to make a run at this thing and give up something that the Mets shouldn't give up at this point. So, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. I personally think the Mets shouldn't make a move at all. Uh, so we'll see what they, we'll see what they do there. Uh, but you know, the Mets look. The Mets are gonna Mets. <laughs> uh, they've uh, that much, that much we know. They're not gonna fucking make the right decision sometimes. Uh, then and they're not gonna make it with the right intentions. So looking forward, like I said earlier, we got the Marlins for four games starting Monday. And then we got the Yankees for the weekend series. As of now, the Marlins and the Braves are tied for first. The Phillies are two back. The Nationals are three back. The Mets are four back. Look, four back is not bad. Look, especially when you got to play within, you know, nothing but division games. If you win, you know, two out of three, three out of four every time, you know, you can make some fucking ground. So four games back is not terrible considering the circumstances that the Mets are in. But, uh, you know, Atlanta can rake. Miami, you know, they've cooled off a little bit maybe, but nonetheless, they're still playing pretty well. Uh, The Phillies, like I said before, I believe if the Phillies figure out their bullpen issues, their bats can put up five, six, seven runs a game easy. They got some horses, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, so, you know, I, I think that team can, I think that team can make a run for the division. The Nationals, I don't trust a lot. You know, Strasburg's been out for most of the year. Scherzer, I don't know if he's healthy. They just lost Castro. So, you know, they got Juan Soto, but that lineup is kind of hurting now without Rendon. We're kind of seeing, you know, what Rendon meant to that lineup. They lost. I think they lost the series to to the to the fucking Orioles. Now we got to be scared of the fucking Orioles too. The Orioles swept the Phillies earlier this season, and they took two out of three, I think, from from the uh, from the Nationals this weekend. So Jesus Christ, that's what that's what the Mets have to look forward to, I guess. Uh, that's gonna be it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Talking some Mets. It's not always uh, it's not always sunny in Queens, but. You know, we got to talk about the Mets. So I hope you guys enjoyed this recap of our weekend series against the Phillies. Into the next one.
keep it raw and uncut.